Welcome back to Life Has Purpose with Ryan and Bethany Bomberger. Oh my goodness. Yay. It feels so good to be back. So good. We've we've done two episodes and we survived. We did. We've survived. We're surviving a new podcast and we're surviving all of the ins and outs of COVID-19. I uh, was sharing today that if people didn't know that I was Greek and Italian, they're going to know now because my eyebrows are are telling stories. Hashtag pass the tweezers. Hashtag salons are essential. Hashtag COVID shabby. Not so much chic. I love you just the way you are, babe. You're so sweet, and I love you too. And it's actually been wonderful to have some family time that we didn't expect to have. And that's one of the good things that's coming out of this very tumultuous time is that we're able to spend time together playing games and doing things that we would really have done maybe on a holiday, but not on a normal week. Right. And and, and we've always valued family time. I mean, even with our ministry, yeah. with the Radiance Foundation, family has always been first, but it really is amazing just the amount of time that we've been able to pour in and just be able to focus. Now, I, I know that it, this is a very hard time and trying time for people. It is. On a lot of different levels. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially for those parents who, unlike us, we've mm-hmm. been homeschooling for years. We've been surviving and thriving right. yes, with homeschooling have. for a long time. But it's not really... It's not really homeschooling. No, I. different people are calling it different things. I know Heidi St. John has been calling it pandemic schooling. I've been saying this is crisis schooling. And as a teacher who's homeschooled and has taught in public schools and taught in private schools, I have so much to say about what's going on in that realm of the universe. And next week, hopefully, we'll be able to tackle that because there's just so much to be talked about. But most of the parents, are doing survival schooling, right? I don't yeah. know. They're just working through something they've never had to work through before. We have so much more to say on that schooling front, and we'll talk more about that because really we have enough to dedicate one entire podcast just to that. That will be the next one, actually. Yeah. And this whole pandemic panic has really caused a lot of introspection into yes. what we what we feed our kids because we have to understand that everything goes into their mind transforms mm-hmm. who they are. Yes. It changes who they are. It fashions and molds who they are. And our organization, we're all about transformation. Mm. And of course, it's it's transformation toward who we were created and designed to be. Let me hear an amen. You know, it's not deterioration, because that's another form of transformation, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. But we all have transformation stories. In our last episode, I was able to share a transformation story of my own, having been adopted, having been conceived in rape. And that's part of the story of the Radiance Foundation, but that's only part There's another part of the story that many people don't hear, Mm. and that's your story. Well, right. It's my turn (laughs) to share a little bit. And since we've chosen to take you into our world, I know that that means that there's just going to be moments where we're going to have to be transparent. Throughout life, there are many defining moments. There are many transformational moments, both on a small scale and on a large scale. And there are some that will change the moment, the day, and the week. But there are some that are so definitive that in just a, a very short amount of time, change the trajectory of your life. And you know, it's interesting. I look back at my life and I grew up in church and I had a very wonderful childhood and went into my um, high school years, my college years, didn't always make great choices, but always loved the Lord and always wanted to do more and be more, received my bachelor's degree and my master's degree. I loved teaching. 
You know, I loved that that was really the career that I ended up with. I loved the ability to be with students and other people in the schools and just watch these transformations of these of these kids. Um, when I was in my late 20s, I went through a season with the Lord. And this season with the Lord, um, I, I like to say it this way, I experienced some disappointments in life and realized that things that I thought were going to come to fruition hadn't come to fruition. And for that season in life, I really sort of stepped away from the Lord. At that point in your life, you were in a different relationship, obviously, because I, right. I was not in the picture at that time. But what was that like? Right. And that was... That was an emotionally abusive relationship. It was one that I quickly realized was not going to be long-term. And yet even within that, I found myself pregnant. That must have been um, devastating. I mean, it wasn't a part of your plan as, you no. know, the single woman and right. you're, you're teaching and... You're right. You... you are in a position where you feel like you're moving forward and excelling in certain areas and you're a role model for others. And then here I am having made these decisions and now found myself pregnant. I could either face up to the choices I had made and determine in my heart that I wouldn't be a statistic and my child wouldn't be a statistic, or I could have chosen abortion, which was to end the pregnancy. I also at that point could have chosen to place my child for adoption, but it was in my heart to parent. I had many colleagues at the time who encouraged me to abort. And the biological father, I guess I can call him that, didn't really want her in the picture either. The biological father offered me the money to go quietly get an abortion and just be done with it. So here I have a whole bunch of students that are watching me walk this out. Because no matter how... Honestly, as a teacher, you're with your kids, your students, seven to eight hours a day. It's a lot of time together, and there is relationship that's built. And so I made the decision that I was going to parent, and I was going to uh, move move forward, make sure that I had a healthy pregnancy, and was going to bring this child to term, and I was going to parent. Okay, we're going to hold that thought, and we're going to be right back and talk about right. a pivotal moment in your life, mm. a transformational moment. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Leah Bomberger, and you're listening to Life Has Purpose with my mom and dad. We have purpose. We have a reason why we're here. Sometimes it takes a miracle for God to make it clear. We have choices. We have the power to
Thanks to our friend Stephanie DeCessere for singing along in that empowering jingle, that original Radiance jingle. Stronger. It is so true. And so here we are. You're at this pivotal moment in your life, babe, where things changed. Tell us about that. Um, I decided to go for an ultrasound early on in the pregnancy just to confirm that everything was moving forward. So I let's tell you that February 14th, 2004, which I look back now and I realize that that was Valentine's Day, which was a um, really special thing. And it was very early on a Saturday morning. It was about 9.30 and I showed up to this medical facility and I sat and waited to see if anybody was going to show up because I thought, well, maybe I have the wrong time. And I saw one nurse go in. And I went up to her and I said, hey, I have an ultrasound appointment. She said, yeah, that's me. I'm the tech. So I went in and it was very empty. And it even all the lights weren't on and it felt very cold. And I had that ultrasound. But as I laid on that ultrasound bed and looked over at the screen and I saw that little, little grain of rice, it looked like it was um, my child's heart just beating. And I'm telling you, I had this moment where I just felt God's heart and my heart and my child's heart. I just felt this love. It was a divine hug. And I made a decision in that moment that everything that I had been living for that wasn't for an eternal purpose was no longer going to be there. Every bit of being emotionally numb, I didn't negate the fact that things had happened in life that were disappointments, but I made that decision. I am going to be stronger than my circumstance, and I'm going to be stronger than those people telling me to have an abortion, and I am going to be stronger than every other negative um, effect that's happening. And, you know, we talk about women who have made the choice. And I understand where they were or are in that moment. You experienced all that. And you were going through that all by yourself. Yeah. Fear is real. And, And fear can settle on you like nothing else. And it can have you do things that outside of fear you would never have done. Right. So... Babe, even when we talk about abortion and we talk about the industry, there is a depth of love that we have for women. And for me, it's very personal because I know the paralyzing fear. And it clouds everything. And and we have to understand that there are times when people think they're actually speaking, you know, empowerment mm-hmm. to you and they're actually just reinforcing a lie. Right. They're oftentimes reinforcing the fear, like some of your fellow teachers. Right. You know, just abort it, just get rid of it. I mean they were helping to reinforce this lie that somehow you couldn't still be fully right. a woman unless you considered abortion, unless you had an abortion. You could not be fully equal. You couldn't be right. a professional woman. Yet you defied that lie. You didn't have to, and you never considered abortion, actually. You mm-hmm. never had to bring harm to your child in order to keep yourself elevated, I guess, in the world's eyes to keep yourself at a certain level of achievement, right? To save face, to save your reputation, to save your career track. And those were all things that were going to forever change, but I am bigger than my reputation, than, um, bigger than a career path 
the child's life within me when I saw that ultrasound, not that I was even abortion minded. I knew from the beginning I was going to choose to parent how I knew it was going to be hard because I knew it was going to be a long road on my own for a good portion of the time. And that was the better choice for my child. That night after I had had the ultrasound, I went back home and I sat in my room and I pulled out one of my old journals. And I remember it was an uglier journal because I never really used it. And I just opened it up knowing the majority of that was blank. And there on the side margin was this beautiful flower and a verse. And the verse was Psalm 34, 5, which says, I sought the Lord and he delivered me from all my fears. Those that look to him will be radiant and their faces will will never be covered with shame. And I promise you at that moment, I decided, and this is, you know, I'm pregnant six weeks. So there was no telling if it was a boy or a girl in my heart. I just felt like it was going to be a girl. And I said, I'm going to name my daughter baby radiance because she will never know her testimony as a story of shame. Instead, she's going to know the glory the radiant glory of God. And that is what is going to mark the situation. And even if that meant that you were going to be a single mom the rest of your life, mm-hmm. you didn't want her to carry that shame. And that's that's what Satan wants us to do. Mm. I mean, we make a mistake and some of us feel like this is irreversible. This is, I can't ever correct this. And yet that's the lie that gets whispered into our heart and into our mind. You cannot overcome this. And even as I sit here and I've said this verse so many times, I'm just reminded that the beginning of it says, I sought the Lord and he delivered me from all my fears. There's something beautiful. I had enough in my heart. I had enough of Jesus in my heart to turn to him. But if you're listening to this podcast and you're in in a situation, maybe it's not exactly like mine, but fear is what is marking that situation. Whatever you think that you have to cling on to, take a moment, pause and seek the Lord because he will deliver you from all your fears. That is his promise. He promises that if you give him your fear, he will exchange it for peace. He promises if you give him your confusion, he will exchange it for clarity. In fact, there's another verse that I've grown to love, Isaiah 61, 7, where it says, instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion of honor. Instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And it's this amazing exchange. Hey God, I've done this and I feel shame and I want you to have it. And he supernaturally replaces the shame with honor. What? Who does that? God. He does. (laughs) 100%. I mean, that's the thing. No matter what mistake we make in life, shame is what always clouds our vision. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a reason for that. The the devil operates in fear so that we cannot see Mm -hmm. what we need to see. We cannot hear what we need to hear. We cannot feel what we should be feeling. Shame is powerful. Yes. I I think of Baby Radiance, and I think about that this encounter 15 plus years ago. God is a God of his word, and he really has taken what others would have seen as shame and exchanged it for honor and has covered with his glory so much of what was my imperfections and my 
um, missteps. And so when I think about the fact that when we talk about these social issues, what do you want to talk about? Fatherlessness, you want to talk about poverty. You're talking about an orphan spirit. You're talking about those who feel abandoned. And as we speak about these issues, the foundation says, let's talk about these issues and understand that the God in heaven didn't create you to feel and live in an abandonment mode. Right. Instead, he exchanged that to say, you're my child. I am your father. I will come in where others have walked out. So actually, we had other names for the Radiance Foundation when we were, you know, as we fast forward and we were thinking about putting this together and God brought you and I together. We got married, began a family. There was so much redemption. You became the father that Ray Ray never had. From like day one. Yeah. I fell in love with that little girl from yeah. from the first moment to become Ray Ray's dad. First of all, I had an incredible role model in my own father. Mm-hmm. I mean, my parents, Henry and Andrea Bomberger, had a great example of what marriage looked like, of what self-sacrifice looked like. And I remember when we first were talking about, you know, all the children that we would have and mm-hmm. we're going to have six children. But you had a question that actually took me aback when you'd ask, you know, can you love Ray Ray? the same way you would love our biological children. And I was like, have you met me? I'm adopted. That's <laughs> not a problem. But when God had brought us back together, I had really gone through some very deep healing in the sense that once I made that decision, that's it. I hit the ground running. Absolutely. So the exchanging of our rings mm. was even a much bigger exchange in the supernatural. Yes. It really was. And to become... Ray Ray's dad, like as you mentioned, like before she even turned two, right. and then officially when she right. was five. Yes, you remember that day in, oh, in that Georgia a long, courthouse. <laughs> long battle, and that's for another day too, because the the number of miracles that happened were tremendous. When everybody else said this wasn't going to work out, when she was five, and you became her father via adoption, and your name was able to be put on that oh uh, birth certificate. Come on. I'll never forget. I mean, there are certain moments in your life that are just so emblazoned in your soul that you can't forget them. And that's definitely one of those days. But see, you're you're this pro-life mama. You are a warrior. And sometimes it's hard to convey to your children how much you will war for them. Right. How much you will fight for them. Yes. You fought from the very first mm. moment, not just for Ray Ray, but for all of our children. Of course, in that same day, we adopted Justice, our youngest son. Shout out to her adoption lawyer, Judy Sartain. Uh, Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy, who worked it out that in the morning at 9 a.m., we met the first judge and finalized the adoption with Justice. And at 2 p.m. in the afternoon, we went upstairs to a different judge and finalized um, Ray Ray's adoption. And that night, we all went to bed officially as Bombergers. I'm telling you. And this is the result of knowing and believing that you could be stronger than your circumstances. Because yes. what the abortion industry tells women is that you're not strong mm-hmm. enough. Mm-hmm. How can... It's so bizarre. It's such a contradictory message. Because on one hand, they're always telling women, you're the strongest stuff on earth. The know, future right. is female. But then, oh, wait, you actually can't handle this situation. You mm-hmm. can't handle that situation. Mm-hmm. It, it's such a fraud. I mean, it's fake feminism. It is. And you know, back when I found that I was pregnant, I had a friend who said, here, call Planned Parenthood. And I'm like, I don't really know what for. But I called Planned Parenthood and I just said, I've taken a pregnancy test. This is before I had the ultrasound, obviously. I, I've taken a pregnancy test and I believe I'm pregnant. 
what services would you offer me? Or are you able to take another pregnancy test? So she goes, well, what's your plan? I said, well, I'm definitely going to parent. She's like, well, if you're going to have an abortion, you can come into us. There's no point in coming in. We're just going to charge you $20 for the pregnancy test, the same pregnancy test that you can just get at the corner store. So if you're choosing to parent, then good luck to you. Really, I promise you, she said, if if you make other choices, then we're here and call you back. And I hung up the phone and was like, oh, okay. I mean, it, it, I, I look at it now and I realize, of course they're not offering anything else. Granted, it's in their name. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> you would think that parenthood would be mm-hmm. something that these, you know, this pro-choice, quote unquote, organization would support. But that it's all fraud. And that's what they do. And there's so many testimonies of that, of women who are treated so poorly when they reveal, well, no, I'm not having an abortion. I want to have the child. But see, this is the, this is the whole essence of fake feminism. Right. That somehow this $2 billion organization is going to empower you in your mm-hmm. situation. I mean, they're not taking people out of homeless situations, not taking people Mm-mm. out of abusive situations. They don't end sexual abuse, but they're not there to take away the root problem of the issue. They just take away the child. I like what you say that Planned Parenthood is transactional. It's all about a transaction, whereas pregnancy care centers and the pro-life movement is about the transformation that happens. I mean, if I had to distill the difference between pregnancy centers and abortion centers Mm -hmm. across this country in a meme, Mm -hmm. it would say, you know, pregnancy centers love women with their lives. Mm -hmm. Abortion centers lure women with their lies. Come on. What a difference. Total. And, and these are women, the, the majority of these pregnancy centers are run by women and women who've been where you've been in that state of fear and confusion and heartbreak. They've been there. And that's why I love that they provide all these services for free. I yes. mean, you're talking about total compassion, no judgment. That's what they do. And this is why as the Radiance Foundation, we love coming alongside pregnancy centers and the work that they do. There are great ways to reach them online. You can go to optionline.org. You can go to pregnancydecisionline.org. And there are also maternity homes. People, the church needs to understand, first of all, you have to actually talk about abortion in the first place. And then you have to talk about what are the solutions? What are the resources in our areas? And many don't even know what a maternity home is. Right. Or a pregnancy center, for that matter. Um, there's National Maternity Housing Coalition. That website is www.natlhousingcoalition.org. And a, a maternity home, it's where a mother and her child are provided room and shelter. And so many of them provide so many different services, whether it's GED completion, job training, life skills training. They provide all the needs usually up to two years. There's churches that are active with their pregnancy care centers and do things like have baby showers and other things like that. If you're listening and you are part of a church that's not currently doing that, it's a really easy way to help out these maternity homes and these pregnancy care centers. Do a diaper drive, put a bin out and just collect new baby clothes, you know? And these are things that are very easy ways that we can not just say we're pro-life, but be pro-life and actually move our churches and the different organizations that we're a part of to also do things that are going to support the pro-life movement, but essentially support women and children and families. 
Because if the church isn't going to talk about it, guess who is talking about it? Right. I mean, Planned Parenthood is going to talk about it every day, 24-7. Right. Because they're all about a fake ideology. They're all about the fact that, I mean, they've kind of appointed themselves the savior. But they're not the savior women. No, they're not. They're not the savior of the poor. They're not the savior of the black community. They're not the savior of anyone. A savior comes to give life, Mm -hmm. to breathe life, not to bring shame, not to bring disappointment, not to bring this hopelessness. But that's why we love working with pregnancy centers because they're all about breathing life and hope into those who feel like I cannot overcome this. Right. And I know that my story is one of millions of stories of women who have overcome. When you walk into a pregnancy care center and you're greeted by women and people who are not only just caring about your physical well-being, but that of your child and your emotional well-being and your psychological well-being. And they speak truth into somebody who's at that point of fear and confusion. And they say, you can rise above and you can come through. And I'm just one of millions who have come through on the other side and proven that this isn't just a nice little phrase, that it is true that we can be stronger than our circumstances. And we have two daughters. We want them to understand what true feminism is. Right. And true feminism is not seeing part of their their body as somehow their enemy. Mm. <laughs> it's seeing that God created women beautifully different. I mean, we are equal, babe. You and I are equal, but we are not right. the same. But we are not the same. Mm-mm. I never gave birth. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that. Um, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> I saw it. C-section and all. And I'm just telling you, women are the strongest stuff on earth. But we want our daughters to understand what it means. I mean, we have two boys, two girls. They're all equal. We love them like crazy. And they don't have to demean the other gender in order to rise above. In fact, it's empowering to recognize our differences. I want my girls to feel empowered that their bodies will not only hold a child, protect a child, feed a child. These are things that are beautiful. And men and my boys, they need to grow up understanding the beauty in our differences and the fact that our roles are different, our bodies are different, our ability to carry life and hold life might be different, but that means that that doesn't mean our value isn't the same. And I don't need to step on you in order to be a better me ever Ever. and vice versa. And that's why as a father, I love emphasizing that guys matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, we wouldn't be in this culture of abandonment if we right. emphasize fatherhood. Right. And that's why Planned Parenthood depends on fatherless families. Yes. They depend on fatherless communities. I mean, that's what they prey on. Right. They are a predatory industry. Right. Planned Parenthood flourishes where there is fatherlessness. Come on. And that's why they have to keep promoting their fake feminism, right. which is why, you know, with our, mm-hmm. our kiddos, I love that they get involved in our events. I love they get involved in our promos. And in, in this particular promo, our 11-year-old Aaliyah, mm-hmm. the little one who could just sing up a storm, uh, we just kind of point out the lunacy mm-hmm. of fake feminism. Just check this out. They love to tell you, abortion's so good for you. Just pay a fee and get equality. Their fraud's extensive. Their lies defenseless. Their parenthood's been counting for a century. Fake feminism. Fake feminism. Fake feminism. They don't want you to know. Fake feminism. Fake feminism. 
This is basic health care. Thousands of women die before Roe every year. We're not political. Planned Parenthood, we're nonpartisan. Planned Parenthood is big feminism. Big feminism. Big feminism. They don't want you to know. Big feminism. Big feminism. Big feminism. All they want is your doubt. Hey, this is Justice Barmiger, and you're listening to Life Has Purpose. Every week, Ryan's articles appear on various news outlets. Each week, we'll feature one of his latest commentaries. It's time for some fearless factivism. Planned Parenthood's abortion propaganda is essential for skyrocketing profits. Somehow, the My Body, My Choice crowd doesn't understand the difference between an elective choice and essential health care. If abortion is essential health care, then slavery was essential job care. Pandemics don't change a lie. Why is Planned Parenthood so religiously devoted to abortion? It's not merely some fake feminist principle. It's profit. Despite serving hundreds of thousands less clients and delivering over a million less critical medical services than 10 years ago, Planned Parenthood's profits skyrocketed, hold on for this, 600%. 600 percent in 2009 the abortion giant generated 18.5 million in profit in 2018 their haul was 111 million 10 years ago they were reportedly serving 3 million clients in 2018 that number has drastically fallen by 600,000 individuals to 2.4 million breast cancer exams plummeted 68 percent between 2009 and 2018. Pap tests have plunged 72% in that same time period. Prenatal care, which we all know barely even exists at Planned Parenthood, fell 76% between 2009 and 2018. Despite providing far less health care and having an astonishing number of fewer clients, Planned Parenthood alarmingly increased their forced taxpayer funding from $487 million in 2009 to 617 million in 2018. And guess which service didn't decrease? The violence of abortion, of course. They're not going to let a pandemic stop them from profiting. Abortion activists have fully relied on lies for decades while euphemisms mask the violence they advocate. Essential health care is essentially the new choice. And they'll keep playing semantics while an industry profits from any crisis, whether global or individual. I'm Ryan Bomberger, and you're listening to the Life Has Purpose podcast. You can find that commentary and other op-eds at radiance.life slash news. It's important to share our stories of overcoming, tell our stories of, of transformation and redemption, because as difficult as telling those stories may be, they are proof positive that fear is a liar. I was changed by my daughter Radiance. I feel like it was just yesterday she was singing her alphabet, and now it brings me to tears to see the amazing teen she has become. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, Good job. Give me five. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. I love her. From day one, Ray Ray, you've been beautiful. Adorable. 
I mean, you still are. You've got the biggest brown eyes and the curly hair and just the most fun personality. It's so cool. <laughs> she is a lot of fun. So I just got she finished. She after me. Oh, she oh. does. <laughs> she does look like you. Way more I like know. you than she looks <laughs> like me. Isn't that funny how that's that happens? How, that's how it works. That's how it works. Okay, so you have a national organization named after you. Which you think is totally normal, which I love. That's great. You really reflect that name, Radiance. Mm-hmm. And I tell people this all the time. I mean, I'm your dad, so I'm a little biased. <laughs> but you really do radiate beauty inside and out. Yes, you do. And there are times that you're radiating truth and you're not even really fully aware mm-hmm. of it. Like, you know, first of all, you love wearing your pro-life t-shirts and, <laughs> and sweatshirts everywhere. How many do you have? I do love my sweatshirts. Uh, maybe like... Tons. I don't know, a lot. Five, <laughs> six that are like all... That are your normal five, six. <laughs> yeah. And an entire closet of t-shirts from every event we've ever gone to. Yeah. And they're bold. Like the, the 40 Days for Life mm-hmm. sweatshirt that you have. What it says, what it say on the back? Pray to end abortion. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you will wear that out in public and it doesn't even phase you. And I love this because here you're 15 years old and you're making a bold statement in ways that many other 15-year-olds would never ever even try to say remember that time at chick-fil-a what <laughs> happened that what happened uh lady came up to me and she's like you know that's never gonna change and i'm like what that t- really took me off guard she's like an ab- abortion abortion will will never end well thank god that that's lots untrue. of things that people thought were never gonna end mm-hmm. ended slavery ended mm-hmm. you know women not being able to vote that ended right i mean there are one after the other there are lots of things that seem impossible but you see you're you're wearing that truth mm-hmm. out loud you're just being radiant just by being who you are. You're just a natural leader. And, you know, of course, the three younger siblings haven't gotten that memo yet, but they will. <laughs> Keep on praying. <laughs> Things are not impossible. But you do. You naturally lead. And there are times that even in your classes where you will speak up while others just sit totally silent, like in your right. uh, you know, biology class and the whole talk about the nonsense of, of evolution, right? Yeah, yeah. That was that was interesting. I was not prepared. And I'm like, excuse me, that is not what it says in the Bible. <laughs> my teacher got a little bit annoyed. My friends and came we, out to me later yeah. and they're like, yeah, we were just sitting there playing tic-tac-toe waiting for you to be done. I'm like, sorry. But see, you, you're passionate. And, and some of this stuff that sometimes parents feel like, wait a minute, my, my teen is not getting this. My child is not getting this. And there are things that, that you take in, that you absorb in ways that are surprising. I don't know that you would have thought a year ago that I'm going to be the one speaking up in class. <laughs> Let me teach my teacher about evolution and <laughs> intelligent design. And this, by the way, is a class that I'm not the teacher. That's not, I'm the homeschool teacher here at home. And we sometimes farm out the other farm out the other classes because I'm not going to do a biology lab. That's just... Uh, yeah, outside no dissections. my purview. Oh, nope. Dissections are mm-hmm. So many times, though, we think that being who God has called us to be is to be this grand moment, a Disney moment where, you know, butterflies are flying around <laughs> and the skies open up, but really doing what God has called you to do. And in your case, just radiating the glory of God. It just happens from being who you are in everyday life. And you have so many friends who I, I try to imagine them imagining life without you i mean your friend's name is ray ray yeah, yeah. first of all <laughs> her nickname is ray ray one of her best friends it's yes. so crazy but psalm 139 doesn't say you were fearfully and wonderfully made ray ray because you were humanly planned 
you were fearfully and wonderfully made by a creator who who already ordained your days before they all happened. Mm. He knew that I would become your dad. He knew that you would have a fierce, warrior-like, loving, mm-hmm. nurturing mama. <laughs> <laughs> he knew all these things. He knew you would have siblings who would test you every single day. Every day. Now that we're all stuck together. <laughs> but he knew all these things. Every single one of us are fearfully and wonderfully made because we were divinely planned. Yes. Can't imagine life without <laughs> our radiance. And it is wonderful to even be in this place where we have the opportunity to bring you into the studio and to be standing with you and have watched 15 years of you growing and learning and and for the reality of overcoming to be the story. And I just want to ask you one last question. Since you're a teenager and there are lots of teenagers who deal with all kinds of things and some are thrown, throw themselves into this passion and that passion. But if you had a group of teenagers in front of you and you just had to leave them with one thought, like what's the most important thing as a teenager? What's the most important thing in life? I would say that God loves you and he will be with you your entire life. And you have an awesome purpose. We'd love to know what you think of the podcast. Go to lifehaspurpose.com and give us your feedback. You can also listen and download our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or SoundCloud. Remember, whatever may come your way. And no matter what people say, your your life life has purpose. purpose.